Thank you for tuning in to Row New York's Waterside Chat. Today we'll hear from Row New York's new executive director, Rachel Citron. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jenny Trays, and I've worked with our founder and executive director, Amanda Krauss, for almost 10 years. This fall, I made the decision to move on from Row New York, and sadly, Friday, June 14th, will be my last day. I still can't believe it. I just wanted to say a few words of thanks before we move on to the podcast. This last few months have been a roller coaster. I'm optimistic and excited and ready to have new experiences and learn and broaden my impact. And on the other hand, it's like a breakup. I'm, I'm sad and I feel like I could never work with anyone else in the future. I love this organization, the people, and this incredible sport so much. Thank you to Amanda for building this thing called Roar New York, for believing in someone who had never even coached before, and for allowing me to learn so much under her wing here. I've learned how to face challenges, feel confident in my decision making, how to fail, and learn. And I couldn't have done that without the millions of introductions, project assignments, important meetings, and your friendship and believing in me. Thanks for forcing me out of my comfort zone and helping me grow. Thanks to my team. I can't say it any other way besides thank you. You believe in me, you disagree with me, you push me, you're there for me, and most importantly, I have learned so much from each of you. Your personalities, your expertise, your past experiences, it has all influenced me as a leader. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have worked with you and have the impact on Roe, New York that we have had. Thank you. The rest of the Roe, New York staff team, past and present, thank you. We've been through so much, literal and figurative, tornadoes, hurricanes, and other storms. Crises, dot collapses, programmatic and staffing changes, difficult challenges and sad times with students, grumpy and ineffective partners, and other mistakes and failures. And oh, so many unbelievably positive and amazing things too. Uncountable smiles, laughs, college visits, middle and high school graduation, college graduation, and most amazingly, having so many alumni, including, including those who I have coached, come back to work with us and have an impact on Roe New York students themselves. I started at Roe New York as a program coordinator and couldn't have predicted and couldn't be more grateful for the journey that I've had here. And this wouldn't have been possible without all of you. Thank you for your passion, your patience, your leadership, resilience, and hard work. I never took this for granted. And at the heart of it all, to those who kept me motivated day in and day out, to our students and participants at Row New York, to say I'm so proud of all of you and so grateful for all of you are the biggest understatements of them all. You inspire me every day by the risk you take to try this sport, the time commitment you make, the hurdles you overcome, the work you put in, and the belief you have in each other, your coaches, and yourselves. Congratulations to our 2019 college and high school graduates. And thank you to all of you who have been a part of this special place called Row, New York, past and present. I'm so thrilled to be passing the baton to Rachel. We have spent a lot of time together, and I know Row, New York is in great hands. Rachel comes to Row, New York from Partnership with Children, where she served as the Chief Operating Officer since 2014. Rachel has over two decades of youth development experience and a deep passion for transforming strategic vision into reality by delivering mission-critical, measurable results while building and sustaining organizations with inclusive and supportive cultures for both staff and youth. Rachel spent 15 years at Harlem RBI, now DREAM, where she helped build the sports-based youth development organization from the ground up. 
Rachel has a bachelor's degree from the University of Pennsylvania. She has completed certificate programs at Columbia University's Institute for Not-for-Profit Management in both nonprofit management and leadership development. Rachel was also selected for the Coral Leadership New York Civic Leadership Program and the Community Research Exchange Leadership Caucus. Without further ado, I'd like to say a final thank you and a huge welcome to Rachel Citron. Rachel, welcome to Row New York and a warm welcome to the Waterside Chat, Row New York's podcast. We're so excited to have you. I am personally so excited to have you at Row New York and be officially passing the baton your way um, to go with the sports theme and to have you here leading the organization and just coming in at a really pivotal time as we, especially as we continue on this capital campaign and um, look to build our boathouse in Manhattan and continue to hone our programs that we're running across New York City. So um, welcome. And we'd love to just kick off by hearing a little bit about your background we know that you're not a rower yourself yet, necessarily, but you have a lot of experience in sports-based youth development. Yes, thanks so much, Jenny. That is true. I'm not a rower yet, um, but I'm working on it. I think there's, there's a potential and promise there. Uh, let's see. I've always been interested in sports. I grew up a bit of a tomboy and was really always playing something and competing in something. Um, I was in one of those ball sports in high school, like soccer and softball were my thing. And then um, always a big sports fan. Um, at school, I was the sports editor of the college newspaper, which re in required a lot of watching sports, reading about sports, writing about sports. So I learned um, a, about a wide variety. I covered the squash team as one of my beats. Um, so also, and gymnastics, learned a lot about different kinds of sports. Um, and then as I became more of an adult, less of team sports and more of just trying to stay fit with running and, and spin class. And I developed an interest in coaching. Um, I uh, quickly, after college, started coaching softball at a youth organization in East Harlem. And lo and behold, I wound up working there um, for about 15 years after I coached. So that was um, Harlem RBI, which is now known as DREAM. And I was the fourth employee there and really spent about 10 years building out the programs and then another five or so years helping to build out the organization as it grew. And back then, I guess I joined in 1999, like there weren't, there was sports space youth development wasn't really a thing um, in terms of as much as it is now. I remember the organization then, Harlem RBI was really more of a baseball softball organization when I started and we just started thinking about like, wait, there's this thing out there called youth development. Maybe we can be a youth development organization. And then a couple of years later, all of a sudden there was this term out there as sports space youth development. So we definitely didn't invent it, but um, we certainly came in and started to build the programs and build the organization when sports space youth development was, was not as big of a thing. And it's been really fun to see the the really fun to see the evolution of sports-based development um, since the 90s till now. Yeah, and I guess for anyone listening who isn't 
up with our lingo in terms of what sports-based youth development is, how would you describe it? Sure. I think the general way, well, let's see. So youth development, let's start with that part, um, is the basic idea. So like in the, the history of it, um, like in the 80s, there were lots of programs around the country that were really what you'd call preventive programs. So they would be, you know, keep kids off drugs, keep kids off the streets, you know, how to keep kids away from things that would harm them. And there became this concept called youth development, which was basically the idea of, okay, prevention is important, but really the kind of the code word, the the slogan for it is really problem-free is not fully prepared. So you can eliminate all the problems from a young person's life, quote-unquote problems, but that doesn't make them fully prepared. So a youth development program really should focus on the strengths of a young person and how to use those strengths and build those strengths so that a young person is fully prepared for their future. So youth development is typically thought of as kind of like... 10, you know, ages 10 to 22-ish, but really kind of early adolescence through early adulthood. Um, So that's kind of the core of what youth development's about. And then sports-based youth development is really using sports to guide and push and drive that youth development. Um, And sometimes using sports as solely, I think a lot of organizations started with using sports as a hook to get kids involved in youth development programming. But I think now really a lot of programs have evolved to use sports as a tool for their youth development programming and to really look at the sport itself as a youth development program. Absolutely. Great. Thanks. Um, And I am just curious why Row New York? So kind of what drew you to this organization, especially as a non-rower? I can tell you're really into athletics and sports and know the power of sports. And I can tell you're super gritty as you dive right into everything that needs to happen here. Um, and so I, I can tell you've like learned a lot from your experience in the work and in your experience in the sport. And I just um, would love to hear why you chose to come here. So why I chose to come to Run New York? I think it's really the the phase of the organization is really interesting to me. So it's beyond the startup phase. I wasn't really interested in doing the whole startup thing again. Um, really fascinating, really fun, really energizing, but maybe I'm a little too old for that right now. So, um, but really like the phase that, that Row New York is in. So it's not, um, it's not a startup anymore. It's kind of moving into its adolescence. Um, and I think one of the things I've d- realized about my career is that I'm really, I really like building organizations. So building an organization from adolescence, maybe late adolescence into like full-blown maturity is something that I really like to do. Um, I like to help people grow and I, and I like to help organizations grow. So it really was about my interest in Road New York was really about the, the phase in the nonprofit life cycle that the organization's in right now. Adolescents all around, both in the programs and as an organization. Yes. Cool. And you have so much great experience to bring to the table and to lead the organization and the team. And just, I've already learned so much from you and just in the last month that we've worked together. Um, but what are you most excited about applying to Row New York that you've kind of gained in your experience, both personally and professionally? Yeah, I think, um, I think, you know, pertaining to the conversation we just had, I think I am really interested in kind of pushing sports-based youth development further here. Um, I think that really energizes me, and I don't think I came to the organization thinking I was going to do that, but now that I'm here, like, it's the thing that most excites me. Like, it's just um, really gets my juices flowing to think about the 
power of using rowing as a tool for youth development and how can the or- an organization do that intentionally and I think um, this organization is already doing that a lot but I think I see opportunities to do it everywhere um, and to do it more intentionally and to do more of it so I think what what excites me about the opportunities in sports-based youth development is that they're everywhere so like what are the opportunities to give youth more voice in a program? What are the opportunities to have youth feel empowered in the program? What are some ways the organization can continue to deliberately cultivate relationships, relationship between students, relationships between students and adults? Like there's so much power there. And the more the organization is thinking about it deliberately and having the students and the coaches think about it deliberately, um, the more powerful sports-based youth development work can happen. Absolutely, yeah, and I think one thing that Rowan New York really values is making the organization, both from a staffing standpoint and the team running the program standpoint, and also the participants in the program, a really inclusive and diverse and equitable space. And I know you have a lot of experience in that regard, too. And most of our listeners are people tuning in from rowing clubs, organizations that want to make their programs more accessible to those maybe who haven't been involved in the sport prior so um, can you talk a little bit about your um, work and experience with the IDE work? Sure. Um, I think one of the things I've learned is that, and I, I think I've learned this from lots of other folks, is that um, d- diversity is really important, but once you have diversity, that's where the work really starts. So just having different faces and different groups at the table um, really doesn't doesn't do all the, doesn't do all the work, and that's really where the work starts. So, um, you really have to be intentional intentional about how are you bringing people together. You can't just kind of um, uh, you can't just kind of have a, a mixer. <laughs> you really have to be intentional about how are you making spaces welcoming, how are you making spaces inclusive, um, and I think in terms of being equitable. I think um, an organization has to look at every decision it makes through an equity lens and really have to think about how diversity, equity, inclusion fit in with each other. So when you're thinking about inclusion, like who is at the table when you're making a decision, who should be at the table when you're making a decision, um, is a decision equitable, how could it be more equitable? Like it just really needs to be intentional every step of the way and I think, I think folks don't especially understand that that the diversity part is is not easy but is the easiest part um and after that really the work begins so you can't necessarily have an equitable and inclusive space um if it's not deliberately welcoming and what that really means for people to make something a a space deliberately welcoming yeah and i guess diving in a little bit further um what examples have you used either at Harlem RBI or any other previous experiences or things you've seen at Road New York to actually make the space? Because I think practical tools are um, so useful to especially the listeners. Um, are there any kind of examples you would give in terms of making that really inclusive space? 
I think one of the basic things to think about with diversity, equity, inclusion is how welcoming is your organization and really thinking about just all the ins and outs of what it means to be welcoming. So if you're having an event, like who is the person that doesn't have anyone to talk to and who's, who's going to be introducing themselves to them? Who's going to introduce the organization to them? Who's going to answer their questions to make sure that, that nobody and no one person and no group of people is isolated and feels like they don't belong. So I think that really can be just as simple as start a conversation and I think a lot of things, not to oversimplify, but a lot of things in terms of diversity, equity, inclusion really can be broken down person to person and to really use a community organizing approach and start with one person talking to another person and building those bridges. Um, I think sometimes we think about diversity, equity, inclusion, the, the issues seem so big and they are so big and they are so difficult, but it really can make a lot of progress just having opening and honest conversations and just starting the conversation. Somebody doesn't look like you, doesn't act like you, um, how about starting a conversation with them just about, you know, why you're both at this event, why are you, what brought you out to the boathouse today, what brought you to this organization, um, and sharing that from yourself and what, what's authentic um, that you can add to that conversation so it's not just an inquisition of the other person, but share, share what's in your heart and what's in your mind about what's important to you about the organization and start from there. Great. Thank you for that, Rachel. Um, I'd love to also hear a little bit about your observations of the sport so far. I think, you know, we've had conversations about rowing and I remember your first day out on the water in Brooklyn, kind of your realization that, wow, you really can't, you got to commit to this thing. Once you shove off the dock, there's kind of no turning back and you're in it for that practice or that piece, whatever that might look like. Um, And I think personally, that's the power of rowing. It it takes such a commitment, but I'd love to hear your observations being, um, you know, relatively new to the sport. Yeah, I think I was immediately struck by, um, you know, when when I was watching Students on the Water, it was one of their first days out on the water as a team. So they were really working through that. And I could see they were getting the hang of it. And I immediate, and I was sitting in the launch with one of the coaches and a coxswain who didn't have a space in the boat, and we were had some chances to discuss some things. And I originally, I immediately thought about um, what it would be like to coach a team of rowers, and I immediately went to, "Wow, there's no place to put your weakest." athlete there's no place to put your weakest rower and in every sport I've ever coached like you're really always thinking about or I'm always thinking about the development of the weakest player and a lot of times you can kind of gradually bring them up to speed and maybe hide them in right field maybe kind of hide them so to speak in aspects of the batting order so as they're developing um, you know they have that space to develop Um, but I just immediately obvious to me like wow like everyone has to be in it like there's no place to put everyone has to be at a level there's no place there is no weakest rower there's no place to put that weakest rower and also I think what also struck me was that you know when you add a practice for a land sport if a student gets tired and wants to take a break you know they can sit on the bench or they can you know run the lap a little slower like there are things that a student can do if they want to slack off and there's just or need to slack off so to speak um, but there's just no space for that in a boat. So the, if a student really is not having a good day or really isn't going to have their best workout, there's, 
they're kind of stuck in that water on the boat, there's which is, there's nowhere to hide, which is just really, really different than lots of other sports. And there's no, there's no substitutions either. Um, so that just really struck me, I think, um, as something unique and different about, about participating in the sport and about coaching the sport. I was certainly struck by, I guess, what, what most people are struck by is just the, the amount of precision and coordination and teamwork that's necessary. And it looks, it looks so beautiful. Even those, those students out, those rowers out on their first, very first day on the water, like you could see that they were getting the hang of the rhythm and, and they were, they were feeling that they were getting the hang of it and they were really moving and moving together and moving in coordination, uh, which is kind of cool. And I, I think, um, what struck me is just the, and I can see why people love it in terms of there is that connection to nature and there is that stillness of being out on a body of water when you live in a city that's really kind of cool and that meditative aspect of it to be in a boat on the water. And I think lastly, I was just really struck by, you, I could see it on that, that day with the students in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn in terms of just getting started, but like, when you're in it, there must be an extraordinary sense of flow, just that sensation of when everything clicks and that like that term flow that just probably is super, super energizing and super, super motivating to really just be like in the groove. And I could see the students getting that for just like glimpses of it and how energizing that was to them. And I could imagine as they become better and better rowers and mature in the sport, like how much that is going to continue to motivate them. It was, it was really special. Totally. Yeah. That grace, that beauty being connected to nature. And for so many of our students, it's, it is that leap of faith. Um, and the teamwork from beginning to end is I think really what keeps them going from carrying the boat down to getting in to the end of the practice and carrying the boat back up. Um, oh, that was the other yeah. thing I would say. I couldn't believe how much patience the coaches had because <laughs> just <laughs> so in much. terms of getting that boat in the water and getting that boat out of the water, I didn't have that much experience about what that should look like, but it looked like you know we were potentially averting imminent disaster, which of course we weren't. <laughs> well, of course we weren't, but to an untrained eye, it looked like we could be, and the coaches were just incredibly patient through and the coxswains in terms of the direction of that whole process and... I think from that's not an easy thing to do. They are very skilled and very patient and so hardworking. Yes, especially going out with a relatively inexperienced novice crew, it can be a little shaky at first. But um, I remember that day well because the middle schoolers that I went out with were, were waiting for a rower. You know, he was pretty late. You could tell when he arrived. He had a really rough day at school and was definitely on the verge of tears. And it was a gorgeous day. And after, you know, 45 minutes or an hour on the water, he was completely turned around. And um, that's kind of all it takes sometimes to, to just um, get on the water and feel good. So I would love to know if you have any observations about Row New York in general. Um, One of the things that's cool about Row New York uh, in general from, you know, my, my short time here so far is I really think it's an organization that is building community. And I think in this in the world of the United States that we live in in 2019, there aren't a lot of places that build community. You know, there's like declining civic engagement and declining church going, and there are fewer and fewer in places, at least in urban life and maybe everywhere, that, that build community. And I think I wasn't necessarily, I was hoping, but not necessarily expecting that Row New York would be a place that builds community, and now I'm seeing it everywhere. So from our Learn to Row Day, where we invited in the local community to 
grab a seat on the boat and learn to row um, and the incredible community that was that was um, built in just a short time and in you know an hour or so on on the river um, between strangers to the way the staff works together as a community and as a team to the incredible teamwork and community that the students have with each other and with the caring adults around them it's really a very special place and I'm very excited and already proud to be here that makes me so happy like my work here is done. Um, no, but really, I it, it, it does take a village in terms of everything we do, so I'm really happy to hear that. Speaking of Learn to Row Day, you got to hop in a boat yourself for the first time. So what was that experience like? On the Harlem River, no On the doubt. Harlem River, <laughs> yeah. It was a crazy experience because um, that day there were also, for some weird or strange reason, swimmers in the Harlem River completing, or, or there were swimmers in the Harlem River trying to swim a lap around Manhattan. So that was an unusual thing to see uh, with kayaks accompanying them and some much bigger watercraft accompanying them. Um, that was a little wild. But uh, my experience of rowing, I, I can tell that I felt like I was in a groove, in a groove, okay, I get this, I get this, this is cool. I'm going to be a rower. Maybe this isn't as hard as it looks. And then all of a sudden, the instructor told the two people in front of me to stop rowing. And I completely had no muscle muscle memory for what to do next um, and how to just (laughs) repeat the stroke. So I clearly wasn't getting it. Um, Clearly was not ready to take the training wheels off. Um, So I'll have to get back out there and um, get the muscle memory into me. Um, to really remember like how to do everything that I learned but um, but I can tell I'm gonna like it it's gonna be fun yeah I think you're gonna be so good at the sport you're gonna fall in love with it just like all of us here at Row New York have and um, it was so great to officially welcome you to Row New York and have everyone learn more about you publicly and we just can't wait to see what's gonna happen with you at Row New York and the future of the organization so thank you and thanks to everyone tuning in thank you Thank you for listening to Waterside Chats. Make sure you follow us at Row New York on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for updates and notifications on the next chat.